welcome to 54 Live. I am your host, Digsies, and currently rocking solo, ladies and gentlemen. But don't worry, I'm pretty sure Jake will be with us later on tonight to go over Live Golf Valderrama. Uh, a lot of news came out today, so I was in the mood. I just wanted to jump on, go over everything. You know, news coming out about the framework of the PIF PGA merger, uh, the USGA announcing that Rory did indeed take an improper drop at the US Open. Um, but, you know, the main focus of this week, we finally have Live Golf back after four weeks off. Live Golf Valderrama in Spain. So Jake will be with us later on to discuss that. So let's get right to it. Uh, the framework of the agreement signed by the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PIF was released this week. And I got to be honest, it's a lot to take in. So I'm trying to give you guys the Cliff Notes version of it. Uh, if you want to read up about it, check out Bob Harrig put out a blog, No Laying Ups Twitter page. Uh, did a deep dive. Now, I know what you're going to say. No laying up. They're PGA Tour shills. They hate Lib. They are biased. But you know what? At the end of the day, no laying up. You know, they're widened. Okay. Um, they have alliances with many top golfers in the sport. They got insider insights. So they're wired in. Uh, it sets them apart from other podcasts and journalists. They might be Lib haters. Um, like I said, I'm sure a lot of you guys who listen to this Live Golf podcast do not like them. But that's the deep dive that I saw today. I read their article and there was some good points uh, about it. And I'm going to, you know, go against some of the points they made. So, um, yeah, like I said, they're wired in. That's what I read this morning. So we're going to go with that. So that being said, here's what they said in their article in so many words. And, uh, you know, just so we're doing the right thing, we're going to credit no laying up with the following information because that's where I got it from. Um, there wasn't any bombshells in the agreement. Uh, pretty much everything we already know is mentioned in there. No hidden allegations, no surprising information that we haven't already read about. Now, there's certainly going to be discipline for players returning to the PGA Tour. Uh, live golfers will be able to apply for PGA Tour status at the conclusion of the 2023 season, and the discipline will be consistent with each tour's disciplinary policies. What does that mean? Um, in my eyes, I would say that someone like Dustin Johnson, he'll probably get a slap on the wrist. Okay, He didn't spew negative comments about the PGA Tour. He kept a level head throughout the whole process. He was honest. He said he was taking the money for his family to make generational wealth, what have you. Whereas someone like Patrick Reed, he'll probably be prone to attracting a higher level of disciplinary actions. You know, He sued everyone and their mother. Uh, he sued PGA Tour's poster, poster boy, Rory McIlroy. He sued PGA Tour Tours mouthpiece and Brandel Chambly, plus many others. So, you know, I'm pretty sure that it's going to be a monetary fine. Um, so I would say someone like DJ would be a lot less than Patrick Reed. Maybe they would be suspended for a certain amount of PGA Tour events next year if they apply. I don't know. We all don't know. But I, I guarantee that DJ and Patrick Reed's disciplinary actions will be uh, different. Um, but they discussed official work off ranking points, which has been a huge holdup for the live guys. It says that the parties will cooperate in good faith and use best efforts to secure OWGR recognition for live events and players under the official work off rankings criteria for considering lives pending application. Uh, best efforts doesn't quite mean a guarantee, but but if I was a betting man, if Liv is still around in 2024 in their current iteration, I'm sure that you see a 
Al Romanian will make sure that they do get official World Golf ranking points. Now, I know what you guys are going to say. I just said if Live Golf is still around in 2024. And by saying that, let, let me be 100% clear. I hope Live Golf is around forever. I love Live Golf. You know, they tapped into a demo of golf fans that were tired of the same old same old. And, you know, they wanted more fun, more excitement for the game of golf. So I love Live. I enjoy watching Live. I enjoy covering Live. But I also do love the PGA Tour and the DP World Golf Tour. Obviously, the PGA Tour more than the DP World Golf Tour. I really don't follow that much. But if there's a good event, I'm going to watch it. You know, like I said, over and over again in the fifth 14, 14 episodes this season, you know, I love golf. Okay, I'll watch any golf. You know, there are certainly fans that love live and hate the PGA or vice versa, but I truly believe that there's a majority of golf fans that like both, like me. And, you know, that's where I stand. So I'm not saying this because I want Liv to go away. I hope Liv comes back. I think Liv will come back. But at the end of the day, you have to look at it and take your take a step back and look at it through a different lens and a different perspective because at the end of the day, it's a business and these are business guys that are, you know, making this decision. So, you know, Live Coming Back for 2024 isn't as much as a slam dunk as most Live fans and Live Twitter accounts are saying. You know, again, I hate saying this because if Live is folded up after the 2023 season, I'll be upset. You know, I love going to Live events. I went to Bedminster last year. I'm going to Bedminster this year. I want to be able to take my three-year-old son in, you know, seven years when he's 10, 11 years old to a live golf event, you know, and let him have fun with all the other things that they have and amenities they have for the golf fans versus, you know, a PGA Tour event. You know, there's a place for live, you know, to stand alone in the world of golf. But, you know, it, it all comes down to value, you know, profits and losses. And, you know, let's be honest, you know, live really isn't making money. Okay. But, the framework agreement says that NUCO, which is the name of the new company so far between the PGA Tour, PIF, and DP World Tour, obviously they're going to come up with the name, but right now we're calling them NUCO. NUCO will undertake a full and objective empirical data-driven evaluation of LIVE and its prospects and potential and will make a good faith assessment of the benefits of team golf in general. And PIF, the PGA Tour, and the DP World Tour will work together in an effort to determine how best to integrate team golf into the PGA Tour and DP World Tour events going forward. Now, No Laying Up took that information and they posted three different ways they can see this going. I think there's a four option. So, here's what they said. And then I'm going to give you my option, the fourth option, which I think is the best. And if you're a Live Golf fan, I think you're going to like it. And I'm very interested to see what you guys think. So, please comment on this post when I post that the episode is live tomorrow because I'm interested to see what you guys think because it, it, it is a little different than what it is now. It's less events than what it is now, but I think at the end of the day, it will be good for Liv. Um, so, Back to the business, no laying up, three options. Number one, they said that the new co will evaluate the PL Live Golf, an entity that pays for TV coverage, costs hundreds of millions of dollars a year, and brings in almost zero revenue, which they're bringing in more revenue now because they did just open up the Live Golf shop. Um, but they say they will decide to kill it and fold the players back into the PGA Tour and DP World Tour. I think that's highly unlikely, but you never know.
it could happen. Uh, number two, the new co will decide that the team golf model, now with all the world's best players at its disposal, would unlock untold amounts of new revenue and serves as a better way to run men's professional golf. This would require totally blowing up the existing tour system, yada, yada, yada. So pretty much what they're saying is there's not going to be any solo golf. It's just going to be a team model moving forward. That's not going to happen. Number three, due to the PL exercise above, the new co decides to shutter live golf and comes up with a totally different team concept. Picture a mini team event series in the fall, which has been talked about in the past, a reviving of the World Cup of Golf, which has been dormant since 2018, which in the past has seen the likes of Gary Woodland and Matt Kuchar as players willing to travel to represent the United States. A worldwide event like that, free of the constraints of the Olympic Committee's love of stroke play, with personal to draw the best players from each country seems like a far more interesting option than much of what else has been presented. Which I say to who? A more interesting option to who? Because I do not want to see Gary Woodland and Matt Kuchar be representing the United States. I like those guys. They're great golfers. But you know what? I want to see the 54 guys that signed on to live last year play in team events. Okay. I want to see Bryson. I want to see Brooks. I want to see DJ. I want to see Cam Smith. I want to see Sergio. I want to see all those guys. Okay. That's what I want to see. So these three options, two and three are way out there. I don't think they will happen. One, I'm worried might happen. I'm honestly scared that at the end of 2023, they're going to sit down, they're going to look at all the data, and they're going to fold up live and tell the live guys they could come back on the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, and figure out a way to implement team golf into some of these events. I don't want that to happen. Okay. Again, like I said before, I love live. I said a few things in the past that people misconstrued the wrong way. So I'm being very clear about this. I love live. I want live to continue after the season and every season therefore, but I'm worried that the big wigs and the big business guys with the suits and the ties will look at the numbers and say, we're not making money. At the end of the day, we, Saudi Arabia, we want it to be in the golf business. We have golf now by the purse strings, you know, let's just go with what's been working for decades and decades. I'm worried that that's going to happen. What I think should happen, and if Diggsies was in control, and I was in that boardroom at the end of the year, and they say, Diggsies, what do you want to happen for Live Golf? This is what I would want to happen, okay? You have the regular PGA Tour and the DP World Tour schedule. That's not going to change. You got the big elevated events and the majors where all the top 50 players plus exemptions can play, you know, including the live guys that are exempt that will be in the top 50 once they get official World Golf ranking points. Now, Liv has been talking about this year about these new relegation rules, okay? So, starting in 2024, if I'm in charge, you're going to have 10 live golf events. That's four less this year. I know it's not a lot of events, but you know what? 10's a good round number, okay? You have one a month from February to November. The PGA Tour season ends in September, uh, August. So September, October, November, you're the only show in town. And that's when you could have your team championship, solo championship, what have you. Now work with the PGA Tour to spread them out so that a majority of them are not weeks before or after elevated events. You know, the elevated events are going to be even more elevated next year when the live guys are able to play in the PGA Tour again, the guys that want to go play in the PGA Tour. So those are going to be big monster events with the major 
majors. So let's spread this out so that the live events that are going to be monster events, you know, we get a big event every other week. So like I said, September to November, this will be easy to do. The other seven months, you know, make at least four or five of them away from those elevated events. But Back to the relegation, okay? All team captains are exempt. That's 12 guys. The top 24 are exempt. So looking at the live standings right now before Spain, between the captains and the top 24, it will end up being 32 players as of right now. You got Stenson, Neiman, Bryson, Bubba, Poulter, Phil, and Keimer who are outside the top 24, but are captains. So add the top 24 with the captains that are outside the 24. You got 32 players as of right now. Now, now, you can take captaincies away from some of these guys. You know, like what if John Rahm or Victor Hovland want a team? You know, no offense to Kaima or Kevin Na. You know, you have to do best for business. But what I think they should do is you got room to expand the 14 teams. So I would expand to 14 teams. Have some expansion teams. John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, whoever wants one. Okay, the top guys that want one. Okay, you got 14 times four players is 56 players. You can still do the shot shotgun start, there's 18 holes, so you can have 18 threesomes for the shotgun start, that's 54 golfers on the course, then the last group to tee off will be one twosome that will tee off on one second after all the th- after the threesome that teed off on one goes off. Pretty much like they do now in the final round. If you're leading the tournament uh, or you're in second place, you tee off in a twosome. Now, if the top three guys in the tournament on Sunday, they tee off second on the first hole just to give, you know, to move things along. So let's say there's two new teams added. That's 34 players. That means there's 22 open spots. Now, I would save two of those spots for Asian Tour qualifying, okay, because you know, you want to give players the opportunity to play on to live and to have the chance to make $4 million by winning a tournament. And it gives some excitement, especially in November, December, when not much is going on. You can have an Asian tour Q school or Asian tour tournament when it comes down to the wire. Who's going to grab those two live spots? So save two spots for Asian tour qualifying. You're left with 20 spots. Okay. Every single January, I would make it that all the current PGA Tour and DP World Tour players in the top 50, top 60, whatever number you come up with, they need to make their intentions known if they would like to play on live for that upcoming season. Put it out on Twitter, put it out on social media, you know, the week between, you know, Christmas and New Year's, you know, I'm putting my hat, I'm putting my name in the hat to be selected in the live draft, you know, something like that. It'll get the people talking in a time when the golf world isn't talking. Okay. If they say yes, they go into the draft pool with 24 other players or so who finished in the bottom of the live golf standings, then I would pick a Tuesday before I was thinking the Sony Open, but that's in Hawaii. A lot of people would have to travel there. I would say before the American Express or the Farmers Insurance Open. Both events are in California. Most of those guys, PGA Tour guys, are playing one of those events. And I would have a draft that Tuesday night. The 2024 Live Golf Draft. It sounds amazing. A made-for-TV event. The 14 captains get to pick from the pool of players to fill out their teams next season. The team who finished last gets first picked, so on and so on. And that would be compelling TV. Uh, it'll allow guys who are creeping up the official World Golf rankings or killing it on tour, join Live the following 
year and you know it will keep the teams exciting and fresh you don't want the teams to be changing players like they did last year throughout the season but it would be cool if you could change the players on the team in the offseason like they do in football like they do in baseball like they do in basketball plus you know they're playing for a ton of money so who wouldn't want to play on live you know i guarantee you if they do that more networks other than the cw will actually pay to show live golf on their network just think about it if you have the top guys john rom Sheffler, all these guys with the team and then you have a draft every single year you know you got the pga tour and the dp world tour then live golf becomes like a champions league like they do in european soccer you know it's simple I hope this is what they do, and I honestly think that's the best road forward because, honestly, I want Liv to continue, but there's going to be some recessions given because, you know, like I said, Liv is hemorrhaging money right now, and, you know, granted, they put out all these new items in the shop, but that's not going to make up for the millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars they paid these players to come on to Liv. So, I think... Live just scales down a little bit. Instead of 14 events, you have 10 events. Even eight events would work. You do the draft. You get the team component. You still get the 54 holes. You still get the shotgun start, the no cut. You get every single thing we get for Live this year, but you get more players and more of the top players. And I think that's what they should do. And that's what I hope they should do. Um, but moving on, all the items in the agreement stated that the PIF will w- become a major sponsor in professional golf, um, which another thing that gets me is, you know, at the end of the day, the PIF got what they wanted. They wanted to be involved in professional golf and now they got all of professional golf. So, you know, it, it worries me that they'll be like, you know what, let's just stick with the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. It's worked for decades and decades when, you know, Live is brand new. It's a startup. They could easily say, we got what we wanted. We got professional golf. Again, I hope that doesn't happen, but it worries me. Uh, that being said, Yasir Al-Ramayan, he's a member. He will be a member on the PGA Tour Policy Board. So at the end of the day, if he wants Liv to continue, I'm sure Liv will continue. Um, and the last thing in regards to the other huge player in the agreement, it says that in addition, in addition to his role as PGA Tour Commissioner, Jay Monahan will also be taking on the role of CEO of the NUCO. But as we all know, on June 13th, the PGA Tour announced that Monahan was recovering from a medical situation and he's been away from his day-to-day role ever since. He's not expected to be at the next meeting of the PGA Tour Policy Board tomorrow, June 27th and it's unclear if or when he will return as his role as commissioner. He has to go. Everybody knows that he has to go. And honestly, I love Greg Norman, but Greg Norman has to go as well. Jay Monahan and Greg Norman had so much animosity between each other's. They spewed so much negative information back and forth, infighting this, that, and the other. Come 2024, we need a fresh start. A brand new PGA Tour commissioner, a brand new Live Golf commissioner, where two people can work together, bring the game of golf together, and unite the two. That's what we need. You never, if Greg Norman stays on as commissioner, you're going to have a lot of PGA Tour players and PGA Tour execs still have that animosity towards him. You need to start over new. And let's be real, like, I'm sure most of you Live Golf fans know that Greg Norman isn't the answer long term. And, you know, he could 
take his money and run. He could be on the board of directors for Live, what have you, but they need a new mouthpiece. They need a new commissioner for Live Golf. And the PGA Tour needs a new commissioner because Jay Monahan is is completely over his head. Um, but yeah, you know, now that we got the nonsense out of the way, you know, let's move on. And honestly, I don't want to spend time speaking about this. I don't want to say maybe this will happen. Maybe that will happen. I want to talk about golf. I want to talk about the action, the shots, the plays, the drama. But unfortunately, we find ourselves in a time of flux with professional golf. And I really can't wait until it's the off season and we could put all this behind us because I know one thing for sure, whatever happens, 2024 is going to be one hell of a year for professional golf with everything that's going on. And I can't wait for it. I'm excited for the open to come up. I'm excited for the rest of the Live Golf season, but I can't wait for 2024 to get here because we can finally put all this infighting behind us and enjoy golf. All right, we finally got my boy Jake on the line. Jake, what's going on? Life is good today, guys. It is a wonderful day in our world. I mean, I missed my men's league event this afternoon, but you know what? Sometimes you have to just take a step back from the game to remember that you have to build that fame. You know what I'm saying, Diggs? Next time out, you'll probably strike them even better. Sometimes taking a step away, you come back and you're even better than before. That's the goal, at least. Right now, we have a heat bubble, a heat bubble out here in Oklahoma that's like Texas and Oklahoma are just getting engulfed in this like massive psycho heat index right now. Hmm. The rest of the nation's getting these record lows for this time of the year, but we're getting record highs. So it's kind of hot and sweaty the moment you walk out the door right now. Yeah, it was only in the 70s. Yeah, I never heard of a heat bubble before. That's that's a new yeah, word. Yeah, it's a thing. Apparently. That's a new word for yeah, me. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's been a new thing for us here where it's been lots of high pressure has been trapped due to the the, wind, the Gulf Stream, just uh, the jet stream right now. And uh, we're just experiencing some really nasty temperature for the next couple of days. And then we're going to have some good, delicious rain, hopefully. Well, that's probably good you missed, uh, you know, men's league because you would have been freaking sweating your balls off, you know? Well, you know, it's only fun if it's fun, and it's not fun whenever you're passing out on a hole four. No, I have a rule. I don't play golf. I, I play only play under 90 and above 50. So 50 to 90. If it's above 90 or if it's below 50, I ain't playing. Well, good night. You could never play golf in Oklahoma. It's usually one of those two. <laughs> well, you know what? It's probably different, though, because Oklahoma is a different type of heat than up here in New York. You know what I mean? That's true. That's but true. Let's get to the action. I just went over the uh, framework of the agreement. Um, you've already seen it. I'm sure you put your two cents about it on Twitter. Um, we don't need to rehash that, but I just wanted to say one thing. At the end, I did my proposal for Live Golf. Let's get the first person's opinion be you, because I know a lot of the Live Golf fans think like you. Here's what I would do, okay? All right, this is when Diggsies explains to Jake what he would do for Live Golf. I'm not going to make you guys sit through the five, six-minute explanation again. If you didn't catch it earlier, go to 11 minutes to 17 minutes. I break everything down, and here is Jake's reaction. What do you think about that? Well, um, there always are world tour and pga events at least in the past there have been throughout the entirety of the year yeah, but they are lesser series, they yeah. are 
right they are the fall series events so I, I do hope that those stay because I do like having year-round events because it gives more opportunities for lesser known players or players outside of form to win so I don't want the fall series events going away yeah but I wasn't I like saying going away I was just saying like they're not going up against like the FedEx Cup playoffs the marquee like, events exactly I, yes. I get you I get you um, so yeah so you're basically saying it's you four want less events be, I want it right. to be standalone Right, and you want it to be competing against nothing major. So you want it to basically be done starting. So you want lived. Yeah, okay. I, I yeah, like. I don't want it up against a major because then you don't have like John Rahm will go play the major. You know, Dustin Johnson, Brooks, right. gonna, you know, or even elevated events. I want to see the live guys in elevated events next year. I want the elevated events to be mm. really elevated. You know. I don't want that. I want Live to remain at its own cosmos, okay? I want the majors to be that one time of the year where we have all of the players that deserve to be there. there. Mm-hmm. And I do hope that we fix it to where Live Golf has better and more fair representation present. I think... It well, the PGA, they just announced that the PGA Tour is pushing for um, Liv to get official World Golf ranking points. So I'm pretty That's at least sure they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure come 2024, they'll get the world ranking points. Right. But will it be too far too gone to work and actually help? I don't know. Hopefully we do backtrack on that. That's mm-hmm. kind of the question mark. Whatever. Um, I do like the expansion. There needs to be at least two more teams. Um you know, myself, uh, John, several other people, um, Pants, everyone who's been to a live event, they understand that there's plenty of opportunity where there's just too much of a gap between X, X, X group. You know, if you're, if you're camped at a hole, there are considerable gaps that happen. Yeah. When I was at that, there there was a legit 20 minute period of time that nobody came to that. didn't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. You don't want that. Um, you you want there to be minimal gaps. Now, obviously, there there are times where X hole becomes a backup hole, right? Where things just get backed up. Um, yeah, but that happens every for week on regular, yeah. you know, PGA tour, you know. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, you want there to be enough groups in the field to where if somebody is camping somewhere they're not just sitting there picking their nose on twitter for 20 minutes yeah so you want it to be a standalone so the live guys only play in live they don't play in pga tour they play live Correct. and the majors live in majors that's got what it I want. Okay. Uh, and and it, and obviously they have availability for you know anything asian tour so i kind of like it how it is right now but i want better access to majors for them going forward yeah um, and that's, that's what i want that's only fair you know but i just i feel like a lot of these guys you know if they're saying oh you could come play in the pga tour again i feel like a lot of them are going to go play in the pga tour again you know like someone like patrick reed probably won't but like someone like dustin johnson i think he might you know like, I think it depends on the event he'll itself. Go play, you tell me DJ's not going to want to play Riviera, you know? Or I, Phil's I it, not going to want to play Pebble? Right. I, I think a lot of it depends on the event itself. Right? Yeah. Um, I think also a lot of it depends on also how many golf courses are still not going to talk to live, live golf athletes. Um, and I think that's opening up. We're seeing sponsorships opening up with the sign with Majestics getting their first worldwide signing. Mm-hmm. We're seeing also that it's a younger brand. It's a cryptocurrency exchange brand, by the way, guys, which is huge. 
because it's a targeted demographic company toward a younger market. All right. And you may say, well, it's still in their 30s, not people in their 20s. Um, it's better than Charles Schwab. And, and I'm, not, I'm not bashing on Charles Schwab. I'm just saying there's a difference between the target demographic for a cryptocurrency exchange and a Charles Schwab. All right. Yeah. Um, if you watch a Charles Schwab commercial, it's very obvious who they're targeting with their with their message. Oh, of course. If you watch a Cadillac commercial, it's very obvious who they're targeting with their <laughs> commercial. Yep. And the PGA Tour doesn't have new blood companies coming in. They have old blood companies and business-to-business companies that target them. And this is an opportunity for um, business-to-consumer at a younger level, which is unprecedented in golf in recent memory. And I love this. Um, but no, Diggs, I, I want to see Live remain its own independent cosmos. I, I do hope that we do see cross players happening, like where we see some new captains coming in that are, you know, recognizable names that want to make that defection. But I do want to see the cosmos remain independent um, with it being joined together for the majors, because I think the majors are a great time for us to see that Ryder Cup kind of vibe mentality. I mean, how much more hyped have you been for every major this year? Oh, so it, hyped. Even whenever it's about the disinclusion of a player that should have that we, that we think should have been there. Um, think about the Masters. Everyone was super on edge and excited and curious if Charles Howell was going to get the invite, right? Um with the USG, with the U.S. Open, we were all pissy, angry, frustrated about uh, Taylor Gooch not being included. These are things that drive the hype in a way that we don't have if we just have open windows. And the thing is also, Diggs, I, I don't want the, the open window because I want there to be more opportunities for players Asian to advance guys. in yeah. their career. Yes. Yeah. Well, well that's Asian why I said guys, the two I, spots, the two extra spots, you know? Right. Well, it's not even Asian tour guys. Like, I don't want PGA guys hopping back and forth all season long. I don't want live guys hopping back and forth all year long because I want, like I said, I want there to be the AFC, NFC mentality. I yeah. want there to be this means something. This doesn't mean, like, if you make it to where, you know, this week Phil's playing at, at on the Live event and then the next week he's playing at Pebble Beach, what, does, the, does the high flyers even mean anything at this point? Yeah, you know? that's a good point. So I, I want there to be that different nebulous because also when you do that as well, you give more opportunities for players to advance forward in their career because Phil Mickelson's not taking someone's spot at the Puerto Rico Open. Yeah. You know? Well, not you know, that I think you would play in that event. No. Well, at least we both agree that we both want, you know, live to go, you know, to stay because honestly, I'm worried, man. Like, like I, like I said it in the opening segment of the, of this podcast, you know, I, I made it a hundred percent clear that I love live. I want live to continue because people have, you know, misconstrued my comments moving forward that, you know, I'm a fake live fan. Um, but I want live to stay. I want live to continue, but I'm worried, man. I'm worried that at the end of the season, they're going to look at that profit and loss statement and they're going to be like, you know what? We want a professional golf. We got professional golf. You know, let's just figure out a, a team format and move along with the PGA and TP World Tour. I'm worried that that might happen. I don't think you should be. Uh, and the reason is, is that all the conversation in the nebulous is about the, the next season. 
Um, that's what's going on right now. All yeah. the official releases are talking about the next season, how relegation works. They wouldn't talk about that if there wasn't plans for it. Well, and I know the documents say they're going to look at the viability at the end of the year, mm-hmm. but that's just that's just jargon, I mm-hmm. think. And real talk, um, we've talked about this before. The PGA Tour has a major gap that Live Golf has covered, and that's merchandise. Seeing the online store open, seeing the Majestics GC getting a sponsor. Okay, look at the last month and a half. Yeah, no, I know. Last but, month, but last again, playing devil's advocate, the merch store isn't going to make up the hundreds of millions of dollars they gave to the players up front. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to take a lot well, more than merch. It this year. It's, it's not going to make it up this year, but but think of think of think of basketball. Okay, do you know how much freaking money the NBA rakes in every oh, single in year? Jerseys, yeah. the sales of Kobe Bryant jerseys still. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I'm being serious. That's why LeBron James they, wasn't allowed to change his number back to six. They had had like a year and a half waiting period because they had so many LeBron James twenty three jerseys in production that those would have been null and void and they would have lost money on that. So they made him wait exactly. two years to go back to six. So they stopped making 23 jerseys, which is insane. Well, they, that's how much money is made on the Jersey sales on paraphernalia on team merchandise. And that's something that live golf has the opportunity to do. The PGA never has had merchandise that was specific to the PGA that actually gave you an ethos and a grab. They would, you know, they'll they'll do the partnership with the golf courses and say, oh, the PGA Championship. But guess what? That money doesn't go to the PGA Tour. It goes to the PGA of America or the U.S. Open. You know what I'm saying? It's not the PGA Tour that gets that merchandise. And this is an opportunity that they don't have. Team golf is here and it's going to stay. And, you know, it may be a thing where we see something happen where the TGL franchises get to move themselves into live golf in some type of context mm-hmm. where we go from four, we go from 12 teams to 24 teams all of a sudden overnight. And that could happen. Um, that to me seems more likely as a way to include Tiger in this um, as a peacemaking opportunity to include Rory in this as a peacemaking opportunity. I don't think that happens, but I think that's more of a likely to happen than live completely folding at this yeah. point. Because remember, who is who is losing their war chest right now? Who is losing sponsors right now? It's not Live. No, it's I the know. PGA Tour. I know. I, I agree. And obviously, Live is you know I feel like you know Live is doing better than the PGA Tour with that. It's just that you know, like, do they want to? Does, does the PIF want to spread that money? Uh, you know, across three companies or or one or or two you know what i mean i don't know i'm just worried you know just because everything's everything's going live right now everything's turning up live 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 like when is the other shoe gonna drop you know maybe that shoe dropped in the beginning when everybody was hating on live you know maybe it's good things to come and luck moving forward i'm just a little i'm i'm just in life in general i'm a half glass empty type of guy so i'm just keeping that in the back of my mind so if something does happen in the shoe falls i'm not like completely destroyed you know what i mean i do understand that but understand Diggs. we were talking about jay monahan is mia still with his illness uh we have situations where you know we have these players like Kachara who are saying that they're still contracted through 2025. Um, we have situations where we're getting new sponsors popping up for live golf. 
Okay, so we're seeing all of these positive changes that are happening in the last month and a half. You, you, these are not changes that happen to a dying brand. Um, no, I know. The PGA. I, I don't think it's a dying brand, and I don't think it, it, it will be a dying brand. It's just that, you know, of course they're going to go on as business as usual because the people, you know, that are working for Live, honestly, I feel like everybody who's working for Live. 100% believes there's going to be live next year and all it takes is just one guy to say at the end of the year no you know like Yasir could be saying everything yeah just keep going on business as usual but at the end of the year if he turns around and says no that he, he he's the one guy that can pull the plug you think that PGA Tour board members are going to be like, oh, no, please, li- li- please keep live, you know, like they would be happy for him to say no. I'm just saying, you know, it is what it is. I think there's a ton of money to be made. I think what they're doing now with the sponsorships and the merch is great. I'm just saying I'm a little worried and I hope I'm wrong. That's all. And I think you are wrong. Uh, you know, ultimately, time will tell. Yep. But everything there's my also to you. To start something like Live from Ground Up, it's not a, it's to do something like this, it's not a business decision, okay? We see these new leagues form all the time, okay? We see the, we see the Rock, you know, in his, in his football league, the X, mm-hmm. uh, is, he, is he the XFL or the AFL? I forget. XFL. Um, and they lost XFL. Millions of it, dollars, you know? They did. And then we have the AFL, the, the American Football League also. U- USFL. The USFL, USFL yeah. sorry. Well, there is, there is also the AFL that like failed for like a year, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. You see these sports leagues, uh, set up overnight and there, and you know what creates a sports league? It's not the idea of profit because every one of them knows that they're not going to profit yeah. for like years. Yep. You know what? You know what creates those fans? Things? No, it's a vision. Yeah. And, and, and in order to create this, the PIF had to be involved in the vision and believe in it. And when you create and see and you, you build this monster, it's now no longer a business practical choice. This is a baby. This is your baby. And you don't throw baby out with bathwater. Yeah, I know. But the only thing that gets me is like, it's like, you know, the PIF wanted to be in professional golf and now they got the whole kit and caboodle you know like they're running professional golf now so they got what they wanted so maybe you know i don't know i don't want to talk about it anymore because you know it's going to get me upset and you know there's too many things going on in my mind right now let's just enjoy what we got and honestly we could talk about it for days and days and days it's not going to mean anything because at the end of the day what's happened is going to happen and let's just you know pray and hope that it's for the good of live right I think so. And I think that at the end of the day, we know our homeboys are going to be in a better spot a year from now than they were even today. Oh, yeah. That's what I said in the last thing in the first segment. I said, I can't wait for 2024 because I want to put all this bullshit behind us. And 2024 is going to be the best year for golf ever because there'll be no more infighting. There'll be no more litigation. There'll be no more nonsense. It's just we're just going to be able to get back to golf, you know? Mm, mm, mm. I believe it. And we can start getting mad about uh, other things like yeah. improper drops. Exactly. And, that, <laughs> and that's, that's where I was going to next. Um, you know, the USGA chief governance officer, Thomas Pagel, um, he did say that um, referee Courtney Merrim um, was entitled, uh, that she did properly rule that McElroy was entitled to free relief from unbedded ball, embedded ball under rule 16.3. He was allowed to place the ball in the general area. Area, but we now know that he 
obviously dropped it to the side of the ball, not behind the ball. And he said, when you start dealing with vertical faces, that's where the question is. In this case, there was a lot going on, but there was a place behind the ball where he could have started to measure, which he didn't. So he did measure from a wrong spot. Um, he said from where he started measuring from, he didn't get a break, and he did all this at the discretion of the referee. He wasn't doing anything to gain an advantage, and he was told how to apply the rule or where to drop. Now, do I think Rory uh, cheated? No, because he did, the referee did tell him what to do, and the referee did agree. Though I feel like Rory tried to bend the rules. Yes, I think he bent the rules. I think he knew what he was doing. And um, yeah, he did take an improper drop. Oh, absolutely. Um, look, anytime that, a, and Big Boy Pants Golf confirmed this, our yeah. friend Big Boy Pants you Golf gotta watch if, if you haven't already, if you haven't watched that video, go to Big Boy Pants Twitter or YouTube and watch the video. He literally called up the USGA and, and put their mind in a pretzel. And um, it, it's just great content. It's funny. I left my ass off, especially when they said, what's your name? And he said, Big Boy Pants Golf, you know, kind of like Madonna. That was the best part. It, it was it was good stuff. They didn't know what to stuff. say. But they literally they, they didn't. And they honestly, I, you got to give respect to that guy, at the USGA, because he was so calm, cool, and collected. Like he could have lost it at any moment, but he was so professional and calm. Like Big Boy was just, you know, pushing him, pushing him, and he just kept calm. Man, you got to give respect to well, that he guy. Had, he had the guy on the ropes, on the rails. Oh, he had the guy because I in, honestly, in, I probably yeah. would have just hung up. Like I weren't like well, well that that or cuss the guy out. Yeah, the two. like seriously, you know, um, you know, because uh, but here's the thing, man. Uh, um, that statement from the USGA guy saying uh, saying that Rory didn't take an didn't gain an advantage or didn't seek an advantage is bullcrap. Um, the fact that he called for a drop. It is is him seeking an advantage. I mean, and that, that's okay if it's in the rules. Yeah. If the rules official lets him, if the rules official lets him, and let's be real, it's Rory McIlroy. Has Rory McIlroy ever been in your mind said no to for a drop in no. his career? And has he ever no. thought of being as a cheater? No. And like, like look at last year at the Farmers. Like he did the same thing Patrick Reed did, and Patrick Reed was called a cheater, and Rory wasn't. Right, and, and there's players there's players that constantly are calling for the reliefs and they get the reliefs. And then you see players like Cam Smith who are hitting off the cart path. Literally. I've seen Cam Smith hit off the cart path at least five times this season. Like his ball is on the cart path and he's yeah. hitting off the cart path or he's standing on the cart path. You know what I'm saying? Like things where we would get relief. Yep. And then you have players like Scotty Scheffler who have a thin power wire near their view and are asking for relief and they get it at the u.s open Um, right yes and again we're not we're not saying they're cheaters we're saying that they're using the rules to their advantage now the the thing that i hate the most about this statement is that he uh the usga guy here vindicates the the official and puts the blame solely on rory for the improper drop which is it which is not correct because Rory is only doing what he is what he's yeah. being allowed to do at the discretion of the referee, and so the referee, in my opinion, got starstruck here mm-hmm. and, and just said, "Yes, Rory, you like do it, what you want to do." If you're not trying to push the rules, are you even trying to win? You know, like obviously, you know, like you want to win, so you're going to try to push the rules. You're going to try to get away with what you want to get away with. Everybody does it. We Tom Brady did it with the 
deflating the balls. You know, NBA players yeah. do it with fouls. You know, with like flopping. Yeah, yes, yeah, flop, flopping. Yeah, no. soccer players flopping and, and, too. And, like that's yeah. that's sport. You know, that's trying to win. That's having a winning mentality. You're trying to bend the rules. You're trying to get an advantage. So you know, I can't you know fault Rory for that. You know, he. But at the end of the day, he did m- take an improper drop. Um, it wasn't illegal because the you know ref allowed him to, and they mm-hmm. just need to you know fix it moving forward. Now, now, just imagine, like obviously it's all null and void now because Rory didn't win. But just imagine if he won his first major in ten years, and all anybody could talk about was the Im- improper drop. Like that would have put a big stain on his win. Well, that's why I'm so thankful he didn't win. Yeah. I told you this the very the very day and on the last podcast I said this. Like, I'm so thankful that he didn't win because, you know, it's already a debacle. It's already a problem. And, and we need to see tougher. We need to see tougher officiating. There needs to be, I mean, one thing I love about Liv is that Liv has Slugger White. They have one guy on hand that is the referee, that is the one making the call. He is the guy who says yes or no. And it's not Jim Bob, the 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 volunteer that week, yeah. who's staring at his first celebrity in 30 years making that call. It is Slugger White. Like, I never and heard Slugger- of this, this woman official before this, you know? Right. Like well, she was... You, I don't people think know actually who Slugger White official. People know who yeah. Slugger White is, you know? Like, there's certain people you know, you know? Yeah. Well, that's one thing that I appreciate about Liv is that they make sure that you know who their people are. Yeah. Um, you know who the people that are involved in this in this ruling are. Um, sometimes in the PGA Tour, they have the, per- the person that you know. But you get what I'm saying is that you need to have somebody who's not going to be phased. Yep. Who's going to sit. And you need to have, we need to have more of these drops denied. Like, there needs to be more sorry, sucks to suck buttercup moments. Yeah. Um, because the, the more you give in to drops, the more they're going to be requested and the more they're expected. And that just creates a situation where eventually we're going to have players, um, Expert drop on everything. Ask. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have, we're going to have every single tournament is going to be lift cream replace even in the rough. Yeah. That's insane. And honestly, like I saw people like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a game of honor and this, that, the other. And, like, you think back of, you know, Bobby Jones calling a penalty on himself when he saw his ball move, even though nobody else saw it. Like, that's in, that's gone, man. Like, the game of, like, in the past, like, the game of honor, like, you know, players these days, they don't care about that. All they care about is winning and, and getting the money in their pocket, you know? Well and, well, and part of that's because there's no longer any amateur competition, um, and that, and this is where we can get into the co- the conversation of amateurism versus professional. But these guys' livelihood is on the line. Yeah, Bobby Jones was a successful lawyer. He, yeah, he, he didn't he didn't care. He loved golf, but he didn't care about golf for a professional reason. Nope. He did it for the love um, of the game. Yes, and so that's why he would call those things on him because the game is what he was there for. It wasn't oh snap, I have to make this putt to pay the mortgage. Yep, and when honestly, start, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're right, but but when you're when you when you involve those type of scenarios, if if you don't have players trying to bend the rules, something's wrong. It reminds me of, of Lonesome Dove. There's a scene in Lonesome Dove where they're cutting, where you know Gus goes in there um, and he's you know Robert Duvall. He's in there trying to you know get into Diane Lane's pants. You know early in the first episode, and they're you know Diane Lane's character is Lori Darling. She's a whore, and they're sitting there at the desk. And, um, you know, he's, he's like, 
let's cut the cards for a poke. You know, poke being, you know, um, some, some, some play. Um, and um, they, 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 they play, and Gus wins, obviously. And he's like, yep, I get a poke. And then he's, Lori's like, you cheated. And he's like, well, I'm not going to say I did, and I'm not going to say I didn't. But I'll tell you this, Lori, a man that won't cheat to get a poke don't want one bad enough. <laughs> So, you know, that's how I feel about this whole situation is that if you're not willing to bend the rules or push the rules to their max, you don't want to win bad enough. Yep. You don't want to provide for your family bad enough. And the last thing I'm going to say about this is I guarantee you if Rory was like six strokes back and wasn't in contention, he would have came up to that ball and he probably just would have smacked it out of that rough, you know? Like, yeah, do, you, do, you, do you really think that if Rory wasn't about to win a U.S. Open that he would call the rule official over and go through all that rigmarole? I think he would have just smacked it and just moved on, you know? Uh, he might still have if he was in a high enough spot to where, you know, one stroke mattered for $300,000 maybe. Yeah. Um, but you're right. The further back he is, the less he's caring. You know, uh, we didn't hear any complaining from Gordon Sargent about the, the pop-out ball on 18 uh, from him itself. I mean, I'm sure he was pissed off. I'm sure he, you know, tried to fight somebody in the parking lot, but we really didn't hear about it, right? And Gordon Sargent, of course, was still an amateur, I believe, at the event. So he wasn't exactly in a spot where he was losing money for it. And that's probably why you didn't hear him complaining vocally as much. Um, if you guys don't remember, Gordon Sargent was on the eight, on the 18th hole on day four. Um, he hit a two-foot putt that hit the back of the cup and hit uh, the, yeah. the under part of the lip and just bounced back out because it was an improper set of cup. Did they fix that before the leaders went out? Because I, I, I was... I, I don't know. I don't imagine, know. It's the USGA, so they probably didn't. Imagine if it came down to and Wyndham Clark needed to make bar and that goes in and boom, now there's a playoff because it was an improper cup. That would have been. I kind of want. I kind of want him. I kind of want that to happen in hindsight, just just so that way I can see if Wyndham Clark takes his putter and just beats the hell out of the groundskeeper or out of the greenskeeper. <laughs> you know, if you just see him run over and just smack that dude with a seven iron. Just <laughs> funny i mean I, that'd be that'd be must that'd be the, the moment of golf for the year wouldn't it <laughs> yeah it would but um all right enough of all the drama let's get to it we finally got live golf again back in action after four weeks off we had the Thank spain God. valderrama a course that we all know and love what are you looking at this week jake well, it's going to be crazy, guys, because Valderrama is a tough course. This is not going to be a birdie fiesta. Um, this is going to play a lot like the Trump courses do, where it's tough golf. Mm, um, that's you know, what I love. That's what I love. And, um, you know, this is a good time of year for it, too. Um, we're going to see some 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 more open championship-type vibes out there. I mean, I know it's Spain and not, you know, Scotland, but you get what I'm saying. This is going to be a tough course, not going to be very, very far under par. Um, you know, we could see, you know, um, some of the older guys very much competing here. I would love to see Sergio in the mix, man. And he's going to be in the mix, you know. he's How I many times he, has he won there? Three, four times? Uh, at least two that I'm aware of off the top of my head. And... Um, you know, this is an event where I see the older guys competing. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be bold here. I mean, with picks this week, guys, I'm picking, I'm picking oldies. I'm, I'm give me, give me Sergio, give me, uh, give me Blandy, and give me Phil. Wow, that's who I want. You're really going old. Wow. Did you oh. speaking of old guys? No offense, Ian, but did you see that Poulter is playing the international series in in England? 
Yeah, well, so is Lee Westwood. I mean, um, they're, they're actually it's 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 at one of the old older 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 courses out there, and so I'm happy for that. You know, we're seeing the. We're seeing a good number of these guys at Live going out to the Asian Tour on, on a semi-regular basis. For instance, even last week, it wasn't even an international series event, but Scott Vincent went and played in the Korean Open, hmm. and that was that wasn't even an international series event, and wow. he went out and played in it. He probably so wanted we're to get Liv- some some reps under his belt, you know. Probably, I mean, he hadn't played in like in like three or four weeks. Yeah. He's not exactly, you know. He's he's making great money on live, but he's not getting money, money, and, and his brother was still having to play anyway. So it makes sense for him to be out there, you know. Yep. Now looking at the teams, man, there's some teams here in the bottom of the standings. I'm talking about the Ironheads, the High Flyers, the Majestics, and the Cleeks. If they want to have any chance, you know, they really need to get going. And honestly, they might be too far out at this point. Uh- I don't think they're going to make moves up the ladder for this season in terms of getting themselves a buy from the first round of playoffs and mm-hmm. then at the at the you know race to Jetta. Um, I I I think though that that the of those teams out there, I think I think the Majestics are moving in the right direction. Yeah, you know, Stens- We're at the part of the year where st- where they're starting to play the tougher courses. We still have Bedminster, we still have London, and we still have Valderrama. Okay. So I, I don't think they're going to do well at Greenbrier. I think Greenbrier is going to be a birdie fiesta. And I think in a birdie fiesta, the older teams don't have a chance. Um, that's just me per- that's just me thinking off the top of my head. I mean, I make it proven wrong, but that's my thoughts. You know, we saw Heinrich Stenson play well at Trump. At Trump. Bedminster, yeah. Well, Trump National this past, this past you know, at D.C. Uh, yeah, the- and he played well at Bedminster last year. He won. Exactly. And, and so I think... I think that they're in a better spot right now. Um, a lot of it's going to come down to, you know, where's Lori Cantor's head at? Um, is Lee Westwood, you know, really playing? Or is he going to, you know, yeah. have him that spare tire? They need to get a young stud for next season, you know? Like, oh, no offense to Lori Cantor. They need to get, you know, they need to get a young stud that could go out there and, you know, fire 65 and get their scores up, you know? So you're telling me they need Tommy Fleetwood. Is that what you're saying? Beautiful. That'd be amazing. That'd be a, that'd be amazing for them, wouldn't it? Perfect. He'd fit perfect in well with fit. that roster. Yep. It would it would really yeah yeah because he can he can he can go out there and fire that low round one. Yeah, he needs or to. even Victor uh, Hovland, you know. Uh, I don't like his vibe to mesh with that team. I, I feel like he would be better off as a range goat than he than he would as a yeah. You know, Fleetwood Victor Hovland Fleetwood yeah. would, would mesh well, and then you got to throw Rom Rom well. on either the high flyers or the fireballs, you know. I'd love to see him with Sergio, but I'd like not, to see him with Phil. If not his own team. Yeah. I, I mean, let's be real. Rom is such high profile to be weird and not mm-hmm. have his own team. Yep. There's only a few players that I would say like should get their own team. Obviously, Scheffler, if he wants to come over. Rom. Um, uh, Spieth. Yeah, Spieth. Uh, yeah, Spieth. Spieth and JT. But I think if Spieth and JT come over, they'll they'll play together. You know, like right. But I, I'm saying like they would it would it would be their own team. It wouldn't yeah. be it wouldn't be a continuation. Exactly. Of so, but yeah, I would the, love to see Spieth, JT, and Ricky put a team together. You know, that'd be a fun team. That'd be, be really a fun, fun team. team. If if, the, if it was Spieth, JT, Ricky, and Homa, I know people dog on Homa, and it's not because of like like, but that'd be a, that'd be an amazing thing. That, that your boy pants, single your event. boy pants is like. Did Homa must have like you know? He hates Homa. He hates. I don't know what Homa uh, did. I, I, I don't know what Homa did to him, but Homa did something to him because he is Homa he had, and Horschel. I think he had. I think he had money on on uh, on 
Danny Willett to win that Fortinet championship. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It all kidding. comes down to the pockets. Once you get <laughs> once you get burnt once, that's it. That's why I'll never no, um, I'll never bet on Ricky Fowler again. Mm. I told, dude. I told you to take the money and run. I know. I told you. I know you did. I told you. You did. You oh were right. My God. Um, but no, dude. Um, yeah, there are certain players that I think, you know, are at least worth their own team conversation. If they, if they at least brought somebody with them, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, I think Keegan Bradley has enough personality to where if he wanted to come over, yeah, that's that's somebody who I think could get his mm. own team. Uh, Ricky Fowler, obviously. Yeah, um, you know who also be a good fit for the Majestics, Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick would be a good a good fit. I think he's a great prospect. I don't think he goes to live ever in his yeah. life. I think he's I think he's made I think he's gone a little too far in left field with his comments. Yeah. Um, See, that's why I, would I say, wish they could bounce back and forth because someone like Speed JT and like Ricky, like they're going to want to continue to play some PGA Tour events. You know what I mean? Like maybe it yes should be yes, like I mean, the elevated. You you could play the elevated events, and if you're in the top fifty, no matter where you are, live or PGA or DP World Tour, you're allowed to play in the elevated events. And if you sign up for live, you get to play in the live events. That way, like you get well. Like well, here's twenty. Here's, um, here's twenty four. Here's where events. this. Here's where this gets easy really quickly. Um, you know they removed like like a year or two years ago the. Um, the the um, what was it the uh, the WGC events or yeah. whatever you know what yep. I'm talking about? yeah you know what I'm talking about right they uh, the uh, the ones that were kind of like set up like majors but they weren't majors at all you know what I'm saying that they had that vibe they were they were elevated in, in between the two tours they got rid of them there was like three or four of them a year um, you know the, the match play was one of them Doral uh, the Doral was one Firestone Firestone and then there was and, one and, in, in uh China. I think it was the BMW or oh no the yeah, the China, yeah yeah but you get what I'm saying they had those events HSBC and like, right nah, I don't remember I think I'm sorry guys, I'm, blank, I'm blanking on the name I'm blanking on the name off the top of my head but yeah there was staples but, every year you knew they went to Firestone you knew they went to Doral you knew the match play you know like that'd be nice yeah five or six yeah, of them so, yeah. so if they had so if they had that plus the majors I think that satisfies the appetite yeah I think you need I to think. have more than the four majors you know like give me eight. I'm happy with eight, you know. Mm. I'll be happy. Well, with I mean, eight. you know, well, you know, the senior, the senior tour, and the women's tour have five majors officially. Um, I don't mean eight then, majors. I mean eight no, events that the live golf that are set up like you know, majors. yeah, okay, like let you, them play at the players as well. You know, mm, I don't know. Leave the players as like the PGA specific one. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um. But that's my, that's my opinion on that. Um, Valderrama is going to play tough, but. Um, you know, I'm a little nervous because we we see that we see that Matty Wolf is still back on the yeah. What's up with that? Okay, this is really weird, by the way, guys, because we see that he couldn't secure a trade, so he's back on on that team. And also, if you look at Smash GC as of, as of this recording of the podcast, he will not tagged on Smash GC's social media credentials. Yeah, have you noticed that, Diggs? No, I haven't. That's He's interesting. Not, so maybe they just I couldn't know, find I, someone, and they're like, "Screw it, we guess we got to rock with Maddie for the next six events." You know, I, I think it has something to do with like the contracts or whatever, and I don't think anybody really uh, they couldn't go and break Siwon Kim's legs. The dude's legs are just too <laughs> good. 
Um, so they couldn't like break his legs and like throw him over there and then pick up Ogletree because I, th- I think Bryson has Ogletree like on house arrest right now and protect on, on protective services. He probably has like three bodyguards for Ogletree right now. Like, don't you touch my Ogletree? That's funny. <laughs> he he likes him some Ogletree, man. He likes him some Ogletree. See one kid, see that's what I'm talking about. Like some of these teams, man, are just. Uh, you know, it'll no, be I great. Understand. It'll be great to get some an infusion of talent into live. I, I think so because you know we're talking about bottom feeder teams, and you have those four teams, right? And you know, God love the the, the three other guys on on, on the Iron Heads, but they can't they can't compete right now. Yeah, at least at least under the way and the rhythm things have been. If C Wan Kim comes out and starts busting chops and and plays well i mean obviously that'd be a huge godsend and a huge turnaround but the way that it's been sorted out it's just not helpful and they're playing they're playing handicapped yeah and you know danny lee and, and kevin nah i mean if you took if you took i'm trying to think of which team would be best to deal with this problem um if you took the four aces and you just you know if Pat Perez all of a sudden couldn't shoot sixty-five, couldn't shoot seventy-five, um, I think the four aces still win yeah. a couple events this year easily. Um, yeah. But, but that isn't the case. Pat, Pat Perez is doing great. Um, if you take the Rage Goats and you say all of a sudden Thomas Peters can't break seventy-five, which was you know almost the case for the first two events of the year, um, I think the Range Goats still do good. Uh, because Bubba's getting back in form, and Gooch and Varner are both trophy hunting right now. Yeah. But, you know, most of these teams are not structured in a way to where they can play with a severe handicap player. No. And that's why the we Iron need to, are stuck. That's why we need the infusion of talent. And, we're go- and they're going to get it next year. You know damn well that with this new, you know, there's going to be at least 10, 12 guys, if not more, that want to come over. You know, and we'll come yeah, over. Yeah, say F it. We, we want something different, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. We want the Absolutely. money. Now, you know, now they they have, you know, the, the disagreement. You know, the moral, the moral clause is gone out the window. Yeah. Okay? Because the PGA Tour just got in bed with them. So, if they were worried about the moral clause, that is gone. If they were worried about what their peers were going to think of them, that is gone. You know, there, there's nothing holding these PGA Tour players back now from joining Liv. The floodgates are open. Moses part of the Red Sea. Bring him on. Like at the end of the day, like I want to see the top fit. You know the top. You know, like granted, I want to see a few upstarts and you know, like you know, you know, dozen upstarts. But I want the rest of them to be the studs, man. You know. No, uh, if all of a sudden, if if you told me five years from now the top fifty players were all playing and live, I'd I'd be very okay with that. Yep. I'd sign up for it too because I love the format of it. Could you imagine how much fun it would be to see like Rory trying to navigate being a team captain? Like he'll try, never. Trying, he'll, to, trying to figure that out. Yeah, he'll never. Join, I just don't. But yeah. You, but you know what I'm saying, though. Yep. Like it'd be fun to try to see him navigate that water. I know. And because there's some players that I think are great players, and there are some that I think can be great leaders. 
And there are some that have no business ever trying to lead a paper bag. Yeah, and just not only that, just like the content. Like, live golf is so fast and like, boom, shot after shot after shot after shot. You know, not many commercials. Like, just imagine seeing the top 50 in the world actually seeing all these shots and like, you know, not just seeing the same, you know, six, seven golfers over and over again. Just seeing all 50 golfers, the top 50 golfers, all their shots and just, oh man, the content would just be amazing. Well, exactly. I mean, people and the drama, like you know, it's only fifty-four yeah. holes. Like it doesn't, like it, you know, like it doesn't give these guys a chance to, you know, to you know drop and like chance to choke a lead. You know, like it would be so much drama. And there'd be so many playoffs, and oh, we need to make that happen, Jake. All right. Well, let's get let's get on it. Let's go over there and just start breaking legs and, until all the we need all to the get, top fifty players. We need to get we need to get somebody in in the PGA board. The new, the new co, as they're calling it, the new co board, you know. Mm-hmm. But my picks for the week, we're getting on a little tangent again. Um, I'm going with Cam Smith. I'm going with Sergio because horse for the course, and I'm going with Bryson DeChambeau. I think Bryson's coming into his own, um, and I don't know. I feel good about Bryson this week. So Cam, I'm going chalk. That's a good pick. That's you know, good Cam pick. is chalk. You know, he's the favorite this week. Sergio, you know, so. But and Bryson's my outside of the box pick. Right, and and, and you pick some great picks there. I, I know that my picks seem a little out of left field, but I just feel like this is one of those tough enough course to where the old guys are going to be able to stick in the pack more often and so I don't like picking the same people over and over again uh, because obviously Cam Smith is a tough one not to pick every single week yeah that's this is why I'm picking those guys and you know um, honestly any of the guys who are steady steady on the older side I mean keep them in in your your hearts I mean Heinrich Stenson could show up pretty big Um, but we also could see you know uh, I mean don't count don't count out a player from from Torque I mean, every single week you need to have your eye on the Torque guys, yeah. bro. Seriously. And, and, and who were those players again? Because uh, 1875 on Twitter tells me I don't know their name. So can you <laughs> can you remind me who plays for Torque again? Oh, of course. Of course. Waco, uh, shout out to Gary Matthews who listens to our podcast. It is caddy. Um, we also have, of course, Mito Pereira. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as you get, you guys might know him as the guy who choked the PGA at, at Tulsa. Yeah, I think um, I talked about him on the last podcast, but I totally you did didn't you know did? who that oh, guy okay. was. Apparently not. Um, and then, of course, you have Sebastian Munoz, mm, and okay. then and then our boy David Pooj. Oh, okay. You know, See, I think that's why he said it because I said somebody else instead of Pooj. I said, "Oh, yeah, you did. No, right? you did. Did you I did. think it was Chikara? Um, not Chikara. Who did I think it was?" You've picked somebody. It's been a while, dude. But I, I, that was the one person you get mixed up. With. I got but, wrong. I mean, yeah. yeah, and I've been I mixed it's, that up dude, like okay. five it's times. Okay. Like, sorry, I don't you, know. Well, you know. you've you've placed him on the fireballs a couple times uh, unintentionally. That's what I did. Um, okay, that anyway, happens, bro. Makes sense I mean, when you're talking when you're talking rapid rapid fire. Like this stuff happens, bro. Exactly. Like, I, mean, I do it all the time myself. Like there are times where I'll misremember a detail and I'm like, yep. oh snap, I'm sorry. At least I got the big hitters. Um, I got Neiman, Munoz, and Mito, the big hitters. You know. Yeah, well, a hey, Pooj, Pooj man, I know. Dude you love is, him. Is, I, I, dude, he's he's gonna do something special this in the next two years. He really is. I mean, all those guys are. If if you look two full seasons down the road, and all three, all four of those guys don't have at least one win on the on the live golf circuit, something's off. Like yeah. I expect all four of those guys to have at least one win by the end of the twenty twenty four season. 
All right. There you have it. But, uh, yeah, I don't really got much else to talk about Spain. You know, you're usually the, the one with the course knowledge and the, the tidbits. So uh, I think that's it for this week. You got anything else? Um, guys, just let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Let's have some more fun. Hmm. Let's have some more fun, dude. Yeah, let's get a shoey going on a, up in here. Yeah, let's enjoy some golf this weekend. You got you got the Live Golf event. Uh, you got the Rocket Mortgage Classic, which I'm going to be paying attention to because I put the tweet out. There's three left in my survivor pool. And the winner gets $2,000 worth of store credit at my local golf shop. So that's Digsy needs a nice new set of irons and a new driver because everything else in my bag was replaced this year. My irons are from 2019. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting out. I'm getting there. You know, I, I could use some new irons. So I went with Austin Eckroat this week to make the cut. Ooh. He's been firing, man. He's Oklahoma State Cowboy folks, by the way. Oklahoma is he? State wow, Cowboy. I didn't even know. He is yeah. he is on fire, man. He's just shooting a ton of low rounds. By the way, if you ever are in doubt, it's probably an Oklahoma State Cowboy. I'm just telling you right, All right. now. It was between him and it was between him and Matsuyama, but the two other guys haven't picked Matsuyama yet and he's such an easy choice this week because all he does is make cuts. So I'm hoping both of them pick Matsuyama. Matsuyama falters and Ekrope makes the cut. Boom, I win because I don't want you know, there's three guys left, man. This could go on until Well, here's what you do. You wait for them to both pick Matsuyama, then you send Matsuyama a, a nasty pizza on well, well, that's the thing. Thursday night. You don't know, you know, it's it's hidden until the tournament oh, starts, you know? okay, okay. Because that takes the fun out of it, you know? Like if, well, if, you you know, like you mailed him a pizza on on Friday on Friday morning. Yeah, okay. And that, you know, give him the whole Michael Jordan, you know, yeah. flu game situation. In Utah, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that does it for this week's episode, guys. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on Twitter, at 54LivePod. Uh, we'll be back next week with the recap for Spain and... Uh, uh, that does it for Digsies, Jake. Life is good. Peace out, folks. Later.